Well, I'd like to welcome everybody to today's podcast, and uh, we're excited about the topic and our guest. My name is Bill Stark with LeaderGov. Uh, no matter if you work for a city or a county or even uh, at some agency, perhaps a tax commissioner's office or a water authority, uh, we're glad you're here. We're glad you're with us, and, and we love giving back to local government leaders through this podcast. Uh, today, we have a wonderful topic called How Your Personality Affects Your Leadership. And with us today is Adam Riekel, and he is the city manager of Platteville, Wisconsin. And Adam, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, Bill. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice to see you. Nice to hear your voice. Uh, Really appreciate your taking a few minutes and sharing a bit about yourself and how you uh, lead your teams or continuing to learn how to lead your teams, uh, particularly through this lens of personality. you know, before we uh, jump into the topic uh, and kind of dig into it, uh, would you mind just sharing briefly, uh, you know, what your role is there in Platteville? I know that you're relatively new in that role. Maybe some of the adjustments you've had to make with this unique year that we've just had. Uh, and then also tell us about some of your previous uh, uh, government work, if you don't mind. Yeah, uh, certainly. So I appreciate that uh, kind of brief intro, and I'll kind of go over uh, where where I'm at here. So I have been uh, the uh, city manager here for the city of Platteville uh, since January uh, 6th of 2020. So uh, like you said, it's been a, a definitely a challenging year um, with everything going on, but one I would say that certainly has been uh, rewarding. So, um, you know, primarily as the city manager here in Platteville, so I'm responsible uh, for kind of the, the day-to-day operations of uh, the city as a whole. Uh, so that's working, uh, you know, overseeing our police department, our fire department, um, our clerks, you know, clerks and administration offices. So that's finance, you know, park and recreation. Um, and then obviously our various kind of economic development um, entities that we have. So our community development, um, we have a couple of different kind of grassroots organizations. We have a industrial uh, park committee that kind of works specifically on our industrial park. Um, we have a main street group that is very, uh, uh, you know, very organized in the city that does a lot for our downtown businesses. Um, and then obviously all the utilities and public works areas. So work with our streets department. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it's definitely been a, a very, um, you know, awarding year, but challenging one. Because typically when you come in, I think anybody who comes in as a new manager, um, you usually like to have the ability to be able to really kind of dive into the community and meet a lot of the, um, you know, business people, the residents, and even the employees and kind of get to know, you know, okay, Let's do kind of the bare bones work of, you know, what's worked well previously, what didn't you like about the last, you know, manager, administrator that you'd like to see changed. Um, And that's really has not been able to happen under kind of a COVID-19 lens. Um, just because of a lot of the safety precautions that have taken into a place and just that, you know, we've all gotten used to Zoom, but you, you lose that, that inner, you know, that personal connection. I think it gets lost sometimes where you don't have the ability to sit down, um, you know, shake that person's hands and really get that feel of, you know, that person is invested in the community. Um, so that's something that, you know, that I'm hopeful as we continue to look at ways of pivoting and trying to find out, you know, you know, we've done a lot, a lot of different things with how do we market our, you know, library to technically it's not open, but how can people still utilize it? Um, same thing with our park and rec you know, activities is how do we, you know, position to do different things that uh, still have an impact and a benefit to our, to our community. 
Um, so those are all things, you know, we're hopeful that as we continue, you know, we're able to get back to everybody's looking for that what was normal or normal normalcy. Um, and I don't know if we're ever going to get there, but our hope is to, to, to start to see some of those, you know, silver linings or, or shining lights at the end of the tunnel um, that allow us to kind of look at some of those things that we used to be able to do. Um, as far as some of my previous work, so before, uh, so Platteville is about uh, almost 12 to 13,000 residents. Um, previously, I was working as the uh, village administrator for the village of Marshall, which was about a 4,000 uh, population and uh, was a suburb of Madison. So there were some unique uh, kind of interesting challenges there in, um, you know, the number one question I would always get when I was there is, well, where's Marshall? Nobody knew where it was um, unless you had <laughs> lived there. So there were some, you know, unique marketing opportunities that we took and doing some things that, um, you know, one of the things obviously in, in smaller towns is um, you have a lot of people that, you know, have not seen, you know, they've either lived there their entire life um, and they move back or, you know, they're not aware of some of the other things that other people are doing just because there's a cost behind that. And, um, you know, when you're dealing, obviously, as all of us in our in our roles, you're dealing with taxpayer dollars. And sometimes when you're trying to explain, you know, the benefit of marketing outside of a community, um, you know, that's hard. Or, you know, specifically with the topic we're going to be talking about, about leadership, um, you know, even here in Platteville, um, you know, we truly did not, before I got here, we did not have an HR person. Um, so we have, you know, almost about 240 employees when you consider all of our summer seasonals and they've never had anybody that was dedicated towards HR. So that was something we looked at, you know, even in a pandemic trying to put into the 2021 budget. And there were some, you know, questions there about should you really be trying to do that, you know, during a during a pandemic and when there, there's some serious crunches. Um, but obviously, you know, the, the benefits of how we feel that position can truly help and, and impact leadership um, was something that we wanted to do. And then my last kind of, I guess, government-related uh, job was being the assistant uh, to the administrator uh, for the village of Hobart, which is about a 9,000-resident uh, municipality right outside of Green Bay. Um, and that was where, at that time, it was the fastest-growing municipality in the state. And I think it still is pretty much right up there, ranked to one, two, or three. Um, so there was a lot of opportunities to learn about kind of economic development and how things are burning, you know, you know, burning, you're burning the candle at both ends and trying to get what you can. Um, so that had some interesting, you know, impacts and, and kind of plays on leadership. Um, but obviously, you know, my, I consider myself kind of unique because a lot of my experience is not just uh, government, it's also private sector too. Um, so there was some time I've spent working for, uh, you know, some concert uh, venue um, in different places there, uh, as well as working for an insurance company, um, and then working uh, for a couple of different financial information management uh, companies throughout my career. Yeah, I, I like that about your background, uh, particularly for our listeners. Um, most of the cities and, and counties in the United States are actually very small, as everyone knows. And so I, I appreciate your perspective because it's the perspective of probably most people that are listening, honestly. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, you, you know, it's interesting to me that you've really been challenged, obviously, this year in your new job and this whole area of leadership and motivating your team and and, and uh, uh, being uh, approaching your team through the lens of personality is a really important topic, but it's been harder to do, as you say, because we've not been able, been able to connect uh, sort of interpersonally like we have in the past. Um, so let me ask you, um, we'll just kind of jump right in then. Um, uh, to tell me you know, a little bit about how have you seen uh, different personalities impact uh, your leadership, that is the personalities around you, or maybe even just your personality. How, how have you seen your personality impact the way you lead? 
Yeah, I think that's one, um, you know, that obviously being in a couple of different municipalities um, has been a plus. And I think that's one of the things that I brought to leadership is, you know, there's always, especially when you're in smaller municipalities, there, there sometimes tends to be the lens that, well, you know, somebody that's been here all their life or has, has always been in this community is going to be the one that's going to know exactly what needs to be done. Um, and that not necessarily is is the case because, you know, one of the unique things is, you know, I grew up in the Green Bay area and then have kind of moved to different areas. And in all the places I've been, there's been different experiences and different kind of, you know, leadership styles that I've seen. You know, I've seen leaders that felt it was necessary to, you know, kind of be the quote unquote military drill sergeant. Um, and that works for some people, but you can tend to lose a lot of people if you have that mentality too. Um, you know, then I've seen, you know, other leadership styles where, you know, it's then the other end of the spectrum where basically, you know, whatever the employee wanted, they just gave in, you know, and it wasn't a question, um, which definitely makes the employees happy, but may not be the best, you know, the, the best thing for the municipality as a whole. Um, so it's been kind of a lot of observing and crafting and, and honestly, it, it's trial and error. Um, I think, you know, I would admit HR is, it's not my strong suit. It, it's not the area I, I really get passionate about. Um, you know, I think most of us have, have certain areas that we thrive in, whether it's economic development or, you know, projects or, or management. Um, and there are some of us out there that really love the HR, but I think most of us would all agree that's not really the, the, the thing that gets us up to be thinking about, you know, FMLA policies and procedures and leave and disciplinary. And that's, that's not the fun part of the job, um, but it certainly is one of the necessary parts. Um, so obviously, you know, I've seen, I've seen things run a gamut. I've, I've been with administrators who, you know, knew how to, and I think this is what's kind of rubbed off on me is, you, it's going to take you some time. And it's something I think I'm still working on here in Platteville. I mean, I've only been here since January, so it's 11 months. Um, but I'm still reading and learning from my staff and kind of learning through what, you know, what makes them tick. And there, there's some employees that I know that if I do, you know, have a little bit, I want to say not harsh isn't the right word, but stronger tone, um, that sometimes is what motivates them. But then I also know with some of my employees that if I do that exact same action to that person, I'm going to lose them. You know, they're going to break down. They're not going to be happy and they're going to be looking for another job. Um, so I yeah. think that's one of the key, the key things, um, you know, when you're dealing with leadership is knowing, you know, the positive and negative reactions that you need to do. You know, there are some employees that I'm aware of that um, they do require that continual, um, you know, positive reinforcement where, you know, and, and it's the smallest things, but it's the thing that makes them continue to get up in the morning where, you know, just every time you see them, hey, how you doing? You know, you're doing great in the finance department or you're doing great in this department. Um, and you may not think that that really has that big of an impact, but it does. Um, and then, you know, there's other ones where it's all they want is they want more, more and more. And you have to be cognizant with those people that those are your go-getters. Um, but if you're, if you give them too much, you're going to burn them out. So, you know, there was, um, you know, I've been working with employees today on doing, you know, we're starting our annual review processes where we kind of look at, you know, how did everybody do last year? What are some of the goals? And obviously being new, um, this is kind of their first time running through that. So they're setting the goals, but I've already talked to one of my employees who I know is kind of the, you know, they're super passionate, they're super into it. Um, and they're just going, going, going and trying to get them, you know, I don't want you to lose that passion but I want you to ring it in a little bit because I want you to be yeah. here for five to 10 years down the road. I don't want to see you yeah. in three years, you know, burnt out. So yeah. I think, yeah, there's, there's always, um, you know, I think we're always learning. Um, but that's kind of the first things that come to my mind. 
Yeah, I, I really, really like what you're saying, Adam, because it, it starts with having an awareness of the of your team. And, you know, you pick up little clues in the hallways, you pick up clues in meetings if, if you're paying attention, if you're watching and observing. And as you say, some people uh, and on the DISC um, scale, D-I-S-C, the personality assessment that we use, it's a very simple assessment. It's a two-dimensional assessment. And the I, which I'm an I, uh, generally speaking, I's do like reinforcement and they like feedback. Right. That is actually true. And if you can notice on your team who those I's are, outgoing, collaborative, optimistic, uh, people-oriented, those people are going to uh, appreciate more feedback and maybe encouragement than, say, a D, who's a driver, who's always hard charging and just results, results, results. Um, right. They they don't need as much of that. So I, I really it, it sounds like you're doing this in a very natural way. And, but it does start with just paying attention and, and watching the behaviors and, and attitudes of your team members. Yeah, and it's and it's definitely something I, I, I learned from various places. So the previous municipality I was in um, was kind of a learning opportunity because I had thought that I was very much aware of, um, you know, where my staff was. And as we started to go through the, um, you know, kind of evaluation process, I learned that, and it was no fault of, I think, anybody's, but, you know, I was learning that there was people that felt that they weren't included as much as they would have liked to have been in certain decisions or in certain processes. Um, so kind of learning that, you know, it was it was something where you have to be able, and this is something I think I've learned throughout the years, is my management style needs to shift on a dime. <laughs> So it's where it's kind of just kind of like you said, Bill, it's if I know that, you know, if somebody's an I and they want that constructive feedback, well, then I need to be consistently giving that feedback. But then I need to be able to go to the next employee and be able to understand, OK, that's not going to work for this person. So they want to be more included in the process. They may understand that the, you know, as the manager, there's always that, you know, saying the buck stops with us. So eventually, yeah, it may be our decision where we make the final say. But as long as you're including that person in the process, um, you know, they felt much better. And that was something that I worked with that I worked on when I was in my previous places is learning, um, you know, it's with our roles, it, as you kind of move up to bigger, bigger municipalities and bigger positions, you kind of become more of a, you know, it's, it's, I guess the quarterback manager is the best case scenario. You're more of a game manager. And instead of you being from the, you know, the start of a project to the finish, you're just kind of more on the sidelines, kind of watching things go and, and letting your, your crew and, and your department heads take on. Um, and that sometimes is a difficult thing. That's not always easy to do when you start off with just, you know, especially in smaller municipalities, you are that economic director, you know, economic development right. director, finance director, HR person, et cetera. And so that's been a bit of a, you know, a shift here when I get to Platteville is now you have more staff. So you don't have to put so much of a focus on, you know, monitoring the project from start to finish, but you have to be able to tweak your mindset so you know that you're watching the process. And for those employees that, you know, either have concerns or, or want to be involved, that you're listening, you're ensuring so that when then the product gets to you, um, you know that all the key players had the right involvement and the right, um, you know, feeling that they collaborated. Yeah, you know, that reminds me, there's another attribute of on the disc. Uh, so we've got D-I-S-C, D and I are at the top of the circle, and S-C are at the bottom. And the folks that are at the bottom, those S's and C's, that's your supporters and your conscientious types, um, they generally like to have more time to consider issues. 
Right. And if you happen to be a D leader or an I leader, we tend to move fast, right? It's our natural inclination to go, you know, 60 miles an hour where the S's and right. C's, you know, they, they need to really stop and do some research and think about this, put together a process, put together a PERT chart, whatever. And <laughs> right. as a leader, it's up to us. Let's say you're a D, Adam, and me, I'm a I. It's up to us to, again, as you say, recognize that about these folks on our team and give them that extra time to be in the loop and contribute in that way. Does that make sense? Yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah. When, when have you seen that sort of uh, element of just the, the pace, fast pace, lower? When have you seen that or have you seen that play out? Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely something that, um, you know, especially when you get to, you know, bigger municipalities or even even smaller ones where you have your, um, you know, one of the things that uh, when I was kind of learning uh, with my mentor was they would do department meetings with all their department heads and, you know, they would do them um, weekly and they knew that even though they were doing it weekly, just like you said, Bill, there is going to be some people that just are upset by the fact that, you know, we're not just taking a project and going, you know, and going with it. So it's, it's trying to find, you know, when you're in those department head meetings, you, you kind of get a skilled balance of, of just reminding everybody, Hey, you know, the, the, and a lot of people have different, you know, sayings, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's, you know, it's that it's, but it, it's wanting to make sure that if you know, there's a project that, um, you, you know, are able to have minimal involvement on and want somebody just to take and run with it. Those are the perfect ones to give to those individuals because you know that that's what's going to fuel them. And then they're going to come back to you and it gives you the ability to just kind of trust that, you know, once you see the product and the work product gets to the point that you're comfortable with, um, you can just give those projects to those people all the time. <laughs> Whereas, you know, your more kind of comprehensive plans and your strategic plans, those are the ones that really kind of get your you know, more of your analytical and your strategic thinkers and the ones that, you know, if you need somebody to come up with a graph or, or a, you know, a statistic that shows that or a survey, um, that's where you know that that's where those people are going to excel. So yeah. I think it's yeah. trying to, it's trying to learn your team and figuring out the balance of, you know, who do you bring on a project? Who don't you, you know, and then when you know that you're going to, it, it may be something that is that has to be done and it, it's a, you know, important part of whatever it is, whether it's the budget or, you know, a project, um, then finding the ways to reassure those people that you know may not be, you know, they're going to hit that wall eventually because you're going to lose them. Um, you got to find a way to keep them coming through the process because, it, you know, they may, that may be their style, but you need to bring that style and pull it throughout the entire project. Yeah. Uh, yeah. L love that. You're really, you know, the theme here uh, from what I hear you saying is we need to pay attention to our employees' styles and leverage or bring them along, or or consider their style, their need for involvement, their lack of need for involvement, their urgency, lack of urgency. All those are personality aspects that we need to be attuned to as a leader. And I, I love really what you're saying. I can tell that it, it's just kind of natural for you to do that. Kind of the closing, finishing thought here, uh, question for you, and it has to do with uh, so what? What's what's the outcome? What's the? In other words, do you see this as a motivating factor because we really, you know, one of our philosophies is that if we do this right and align people and utilize people and leverage their assets, um, um, include them, not include them at the right time, all that based on their personality and who they are, 
that it, it it's probably going to be a pretty motivational uh, thing for you. It's a, almost like a motivational tool for you as a leader. Could you just speak to that for a minute, kind of the payoff, the, the benefit of paying attention to people's styles? Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing for that is if if you're able to get to that point, um, or if you continue to make that a conscious effort, that only improves your work product. Um, and especially you as the city manager or any manager, you know, when we get into these roles, you know, you, the point is you want your staff to be able to take the ball and run with it, and not have to be so, you know, focused on okay, I need to get down because if you if you're having to get down to the nitty gritty of you know, watching a project or watching, you know, whatever you're working on from start to finish, that's not good. That's not a good utilization of your time. Because obviously, as, as a city manager, as a manager or an administrator, um, we are kind of the, the, I guess, octopuses of the room. You know, we have all of our eight hands in, in various spots, but we're not fully in there. We have enough to know to be dangerous because that's our role. Our role is to kind of be the, the main, you know, one of the main spokespersons for your city, your village, your town. Um, but not be that super subject matter expert. So it's kind of finding that that happy balance of where when you feel that your employee felt that they were included in the process, that they were able to participate, and they did it at their you know satisfaction that they feel the product they're putting in is good, um, that is only going to make what you're doing that much better. Because if you don't, then you're going to run into situations where you're going to lose the motivation of your staff and they're going to give you a product, but it's going to be a product that is going to end up, you're going to have to tweak because you know what your level of satisfaction is to bring to, whether it's, you know, you're going to a city council or a village board or a town board, or it's a committee. And if you see that product and that product is not going to be, you know, to what you think it is or, or is getting to the task of whatever it is. So if you're looking to go to, you know, you're going to a fleet management program potentially. Well, if you don't have all of the information ahead of time and have the facts, you know a meeting that normally should take two times, one time through the council and then it goes for action, is now going to take four or five times. Or you may not get it at all because you just didn't come there with, you know, what you know. So a lot of it is making sure that, you know, you're continuing to be that, you know, positive influence on your staff um, and giving them the tools and resources they need to be successful so that the end result is successful. If not, you're going to deal with negativity because either you're going to get people that, well, I don't have time to do that because I'm working on X, Y, and Z. You know, you have to be acknowledging too of workloads. So, you know, as we, as we kind of talked about in, pre in previous conversations, Bill, is, is you have to be observant of especially those go-getters that you have who want you to just give them a project and let them go. Well, if you've already given them five projects and now you're giving them another one, you, you got a question to yourself, okay, are you overloading this individual? Because they'll do it, but if they're putting in, you know, 50, 60 hours a week to get to the completion, you're going to burn that person out. Um, you know, same thing with some of the more analytical people. If you're not, you know, really truly giving them the opportunity to work on a project that lets them thrive with that deep data analysis, um, you're going to lose them. <laughs> you know, it's the, so it's the same thing. It's, it's trying to figure out how can you get, you know, with all of us, we have deadlines and we have things that we need to get to and we have timelines that have to happen. So, 
you're never, you know, you're always going to run into situations where your go-getters are not going to feel that you're moving fast enough and your analytical, more slow-paced strategic planners feel that you're, you're going way too fast and you're burning their tires. So it's, again, that, that balance of trying to find out, okay, I need this out of you and I need this out of you to get as close to the best product as we can. It may not be perfect, but at least it's going to be enough that we know when we go into that meeting, it's not going to be something that's going to be overly questioned. And then people are looking at us going, why do we have the staff to do this when they have to keep going back and reinventing the wheel? Yeah, uh, I really, really uh, uh, resonate. I'm, I'm sure a lot of the folks listening resonate with that. You know, Here's what I hear you saying, sort of in summary. We, we've got to pay attention to our team, get to know our team, observe them, uh, and then leverage, understand, appreciate, and sort of flex uh, projects and activities and tasks and so so forth that best suit their personality. The end result is a better work product. I heard you say more motivated yep. employees. They're going to stay with you if you're leveraging these things that they're good at. And really, it, it's just honestly, as a leader, you know, our encouragement for leaders is get out of your own skin. You know, if we approach every right. person the way we want to approach them based on our style, you know, we're going to miss out on 75% of the people out there because they're not going to line up with who we are. (laughs) And so I really, really like this uh, approach that you take in getting to know your folks and then adjusting your approach, you know, based on their, based on their style. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the key is it's, you have to be willing to, you know, at the end of the day, you were brought into this position to be the manager, the administrator, or you know whatever. But you also have to understand you have to be willing to. If you're not going to ask your staff how they want feedback, then you're not going to know, and you're going to be setting yourself up to fail. So I think that's one of the biggest things I, I've learned is you know that's one of the first questions I ask all of my directors or or staff is, okay, I need you to tell me what motivates you. Or what, what is it? How do you want feedback? Do you want me to give it to you verbally? Do you want it by email? Do you not care? Is it, you know, you, once in a while you want a pat on the back? Um, I think those are the things. And then you have to be able to show the humility as the manager to, to sometimes understand that you may fail at that. And that's reality. Um, but be willing to admit that and explain that because then, um, you know, that's what happened is, you know, I had a moment where I thought what I was doing was the correct way of feedback and giving it and found out, whoa, I got to change my style. And I had an opportunity. Either I could just, like you said, Bill, is stay in my skin and go, nope, this is me. I'm this. And then what's going to happen? I'm going to lose staff. Or I make the decision to go, you know what? I need to pivot and be able to bring that person in. So find the things, you know, find those tools that this person's a tech savvy person. All right, have them sit on every IT committee that you have. You know, whether you're doing an update to your website or you're doing some new gadget or, you know, phone thing, bring them in. So it's finding the ways of, you know, finding out what makes your staff tick and then putting them on those committees to make them successful. Because then at the end of the day, that's less time you're going to be spending as the manager um, trying to fine tune those specific projects. Yeah. I, I want to leave everybody with this word you just said, and it's uh, humility. Um, thinking of others, getting to know others, modifying your approach to serve others is an others oriented way of leading. Um, And it requires a certain amount of humility and putting others best interests sometimes ahead of our own normal ways of doing things. That's what I hear you saying. And, um, uh, you know, so humility is a wonderful attribute and that's one way it, it definitely can come out. So I appreciate you saying that. 
Well, uh, it has been a great pleasure, Adam. Thank you so much um, for spending some time with us. We want to encourage all of our listeners, if you're ever up in Wisconsin, please go to Platteville, spend a lot of money, and give them a lot of tax revenue, right? (laughs) That would be great. (laughs) That'd be great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again. It's been uh, great uh, sharing with you. And for everyone that's uh, listening, um, we hope you have a, um, a great day. And we hope that what we've been talking about today, this idea of, of leading and, and, and doing it, um, having effective relationships by taking into account personality, we hope this has been helpful to you. And Adam, we hope you have a great afternoon. Yes, you too. Thanks, everybody.